You're listening to the On the NBA Beat Podcast, a show packed with nuanced perspectives on the league's most important stories. Portland has three timeouts, but the Lakers have two. Bryant, to shot! LeBron James with no regard for human life! Jordan. And now, your hosts, Lauren Lee Chen and the twins, Aaron and Joshua Fishman. I'm Aaron Fishman, to be joined shortly by Sports Illustrated reporter Jake Fisher. And Jake is on the NBA beat at an opportune time. We recorded our discussion just about 48 hours before the 2019 free agency period will officially begin at 6 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, June 30th. Just ahead, our reliable guest helps us sort through some key burning questions, including whether or not Kawhi Leonard will return to the NBA champion Toronto Raptors, what Kevin Durant will do this offseason, how the Lakers plan to build around Anthony Davis and LeBron James, how Philadelphia figures to handle its primary personnel decisions, and so much more. The next week should be nothing short of captivating. In the interim, we hope this preview can adequately fill in some of that void. Without further ado, I'm excited to bring in Jake Fisher, Sports Illustrated. We just have so much to discuss right as free agency begins. It's going to be an exciting period. Welcome to the show, Jake. Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. It's good to bring you back. It's been now over two and a half years since, and, and that's our fault. But um, we're glad to have you on again. There are a lot of big storylines, and I could really start anywhere, but I'll begin with Kevin Durant. Of course, he ruptured his right Achilles in his return in the NBA Finals in Game 5. He'll be out for the entirety of next season, but he's a free agent. As expected, he opted out of his $31.5 million option. What's the latest you're hearing surrounding him and what do you think the most plausible landing spot is for him as of now so before that injury there was a lot a lot a lot of word trickling around the nba that pretty much kevin durant and kyrie irving to the brooklyn nets was a done deal and since then there's obviously been a lot more uncertainty i mean to me the what, what happens with kevin durant is gonna really come down to Kawhi leonard because he has been on the record saying he can't be recruited. He's not going to be taking meetings. But unfortunately for Kevin Durant, he's not the number one free agent this summer. It is Kawhi Leonard, the reigning finals MVP, arguably the best active player in the NBA right now. And they had the same landing spots. The Knicks are not necessarily a team that Kawhi is interested in landing at. But the Clippers, the Lakers, the Nets, even the Philadelphia 76ers are all teams that Leonard will meet with. He's going to draw up his process. And I think that's going to ultimately create a holding pattern amongst those top tier free agents. And while Durant might make his decision where he wants to go before Leonard, there might be teams that say, we have to wait to hear what Kawhi says first. So uh, if I had to guess right now, I would still expect Kyrie and Kevin Durant to go to Brooklyn together. It's not like, I'm not saying that's going to happen. That's, that's my guess at the moment. I just think with, those two guys' interest in playing together, the Nets, you know, aggressive moves to create two max cap spots, and their ability to afford patience with his with his rebuild or with his uh, recovery, being that they already made the playoffs last season as a feisty six seed, 
they're they're going to take steps forward. Or adding in Kyrie would probably help them over D'Angelo Russell in certain aspects. So if I had to guess right now, I think they both end up in Brooklyn. There have also been rumors of a potential sign and trade where if if the Warriors know that Kevin Durant wants to move on, but he really wants that added security of that fifth year on the contract, maybe it could benefit both sides. Do you see that as kind of an outside possibility that's less likely than than what you mentioned? Yes, because I I think the teams that Durant's looking at are all the teams that have max cap space. And unless there's some unlikely scenario where they end up teaming up with a third star or something really dramatic where there's all these shifting pieces that could come into play but i i expect it to be a straight up signing for sure yeah that also would create a little bit of a tricky situation for potentially the warriors and durant because then he couldn't be traded until mid-january and Maybe the Warriors would lose leverage or something with with teams knowing that Durant wanted out or something like that. I don't know. Uh, but that will be interesting to pay attention to. I thought it was really fascinating what you said about Kawhi Leonard and his impact on this whole process. Yep. You think, though, that some teams can afford to tell Kevin Durant that, that we are going to have to wait to officially offer you a max deal until we know that Kawhi's not coming here or until Kawhi's made his decision? Isn't that a really risky move for teams that would be over the moon to have either one of those guys? Yes and no. I, I think in this current NBA era of player movement, every player and agent is aware that you know, timing is as important an element to free agency as anything based off of the cap. Like, for Philadelphia, for example, if the Sixers were able to sign Kawhi, they'd have to sign him first and then re-sign either Jimmy Butler and Tobias Harris to go into the luxury tax to do so. Like there's there's the machinations of the salary cap that force things. To, like like the, the Lakers trade, for example, Anthony Davis not being official till July 6th. Uh-huh. Like they're, everyone's kind of come to terms with that. And so when you look at a team like the Clippers who have – clearly made Kawhi Leonard their preference throughout this season. Obviously, they're chasing Durant, too, and they would be over the mood to get him. But the Clippers' number one focus ever since Kawhi Leonard first you know, issued his state of unhappiness with San Antonio, they have been lasered in on Kawhi. And if Kawhi ultimately were to give him a commitment over Kevin Durant, he would greatly take precedent being that. Also, Durant's not dumb. He's approaching 30 and he's coming off an Achilles tear. Kawhi Leonard is 26, 27. He's in the prime of his career and he is probably playing the best basketball of anybody in the world right now. So mm-hmm. I think he, as, as confident and as, you know, decorated as he, as he is, it's, it's just, a, it's just an objective fact that he's the number two free agent this summer. Yeah, I would agree with that. There's just so much about this Kawhi Leonard upcoming decision that's really fascinating a lot of different routes he can go he could sign a max deal with the raptors for the five years he could sign a a short-term deal especially while his really good supporting cast are still under contract in the near term and gasol mark gasol has already opted back in for the next season and then he could hit the free agency market one or two years from now and still go to LA or some other destination or he could sign with one of the LA teams or or someone else 
this off season. So um, just take me through those scenarios and the likelihoods of each as far as what you're gathering right now. I mean, the, the word around the league is pretty much that it's between the Clippers and the Raptors, but Kawhi is going to take meetings with everyone. And I think he's pretty open-minded to hearing everybody out. But I will say from day one, like I mentioned earlier, in the Clippers' regard, from day one, once that relationship with San Antonio soured, everyone that I've spoken to around Kawhi has specifically talked about his love of Southern California, how he is a man of simple taste, and all he wants to do is be with the people close to him, work hard, and compete. And the best place for him to do that is most likely Southern California, where he's from, where he plays college basketball. So uh, if he does leave Toronto, I would be surprised. I'd be very surprised if it's anywhere but for the Clippers. I, I, I don't buy that the Lakers are a viable option for him. I don't think that Kawhi Leonard wants to play second or third fiddle to LeBron and Anthony Davis. And it's it's not going to be I, – I just don't find that a, a actual logical outcome at all. Yeah, I don't think so either, but you hear all, all kinds of things this time of year. I didn't really look too deeply into the report. I know Stephen A. Smith, and I'm not sure what kind of sources he had on that, was saying that Kawhi Leonard was seriously considering Los Angeles, but just the type of guy that I think Kawhi Leonard is, having not spoken to him, just from listening to him in interviews and just seeing the fire that burns within him, it seems like he won a championship just being as the undisputed star in Toronto and like he has that firm belief in himself that he doesn't need to team up with Anthony Davis and or LeBron James to do it and also that challenge just with the Clippers franchise just despite recent years being in the playoffs more recently being on the upswing being associated with Jerry West and new ownership with Steve Ballmer around They've been an inferior franchise and one of the worst all around the NBA. Haven't won a championship yet. And so there's that added challenge. The other thing I, I wanted to ask you your thoughts on is Kawhi just seems like a nonconformist, which is why I think of any superstar, he might have the best chance of leaving a team that he just guided to a championship. I was telling a lot of people throughout the finals, I don't know if winning the title helped or hurt. Toronto's chances of keeping him because Kawhi could very much look at that situation and say, I, I delivered a title here and that's what you traded for me for. I'm good. I can, I, I don't owe you guys anything. I do want to clarify that all these guys want to play with somebody. If Kawhi goes to the Clippers, it's going to be with another free agent, whether that be someone like Tobias Harris's level or someone like Durant or Kyrie, I don't know, but he definitely wants to. He definitely will want to join with somebody. But the fact of the matter is, is it's going to have to be someone who is a definitive number two option to him, in my opinion. And Jimmy Butler is another name that's being thrown around potentially, right? Who could pair up yep. with Kawhi Leonard? Okay. Do you think that it's that important in Toronto's quest to retain Kawhi Leonard that his team is reportedly granting them an opportunity um, to meet with them last or do you think that's more just like a respect and a courtesy thing it didn't matter for the Oklahoma City Thunder with Kevin Durant they met with him first and last and it still went to Golden State 
So I don't really think the point. order. I don't think the order means anything in terms of the outcome. I do think it means something in terms of Kawhi Leonard showing good faith to Toronto and appreciating the year he had with them. Yeah, that's a good example to cite. I, I did not remember that that, that happened. So mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard, still a big question mark. The Clippers may not even be more than a 50% uh, favorite to land. Kawhi Leonard, we, we don't really know at this point. It's just, it's looking like the Clippers at least have a chance. But regardless of whether it's Kawhi, do you think that the Clippers finally this offseason have the best chance of landing a star? It seems like in past offseasons, you can go back to Kobe Bryant when he eventually re-signed with the Lakers. Guys like Gilbert Arenas, other stars around the league, they kind of use the Los Angeles market and the Clippers franchise specifically as a leverage point, but weren't necessarily, maybe they were serious about potentially going to the Clippers, but they ultimately either returned to their team or went elsewhere. Does it seem like it's different potentially this season where the Clippers have the best chance that they have ever to get one of those max guys? It does. I I think... Doc Rivers did an excellent coaching job this season, and we saw it in his shock at the NBA Awards. I mean, he thought he was going to win Coach of the Year, and a lot of people around the league did as well. Plus, I mean, Shea Gilgis Alexander had a tremendous rookie season. Landon Shaman had a tremendous rookie season. Blue Williams and Montrose Harrell were arguably the two best bench players in the entire league. They've got a young center in Ivica Zubac who's shown strong flashes. They've got pieces in place, infrastructure in place with a new facility coming. Their front office is one of the more respected in the NBA. This is, their, this is the Clippers' time, and they feel it, and they recognize it. And they're basically hiring an, a video executive of with 10-plus years of experience to like shoot in-house like documentary-style material for them. They are, they are a legitimate threat, and they're potentially on the cusp of becoming a a pretty landmark organization in the NBA. And going to the other team in Los Angeles, that Anthony Davis trade was huge, sent ripples around the league. And so now LeBron James has that star to pair with. And because Anthony Davis was willing to not accept the $4 million trade kicker, now um, they are able to afford a max player. The question is whether there will be a guy to take it or if they're going to use that cap space elsewhere divvied up among different guys. There's talk that um, they might want to add some really good shooters around them, guys like Danny Green, Seth Curry, um, maybe J.J. Redick or someone like that. Take me through what you think is the most likely way that they build around Anthony Davis and LeBron? Because right now they just don't have very many players on their roster, period. And then... They have three, they have three players on their roster. They have four players on their roster at the moment. It's crazy. It's Kuzma, those two, and who who they... Their second-round sec- pick, Taylor Horton Tucker, who's also a clutch <laughs> sports client. Okay. So, yeah, that that's the main question. And then also, what kind of pressure do they have to to actually perform well this year so that they can have Anthony Davis re-sign for the long term? To me, Anthony Davis is all but signed for the long term in Los Angeles. That's where he wanted to go. That's where he is. Mm-hmm. There's, no, there's no concern there. But don't get it twisted. The Lakers created max salary space to go chase a max free agent. The public speculation about them instead using that money for role players 
is to put out the backup plan. That is not the plan. The plan is to go get a third star. And I don't agree with it. Look what happened with Golden State this season and the finals. When you make a top-heavy roster like that, obviously when you can have greater talent on the floor when healthy, it dramatically swings the odds of the game in your favor. But it also leaves you very susceptible to one injury can really derail an entire rotation. And we saw it a bit with the Rockets this season with Chris Paul and James Harden both struggling throughout the regular season to remain healthy. I mean, the Rockets had to do all these manipulations on the margins to get guys like Kenneth Reed and Austin Rivers and, and restock their bench. So I would personally take that salary and go after shooters and defenders, but the Lakers are 100% going for a big-name guy, whether it be Kemba Walker, whether it be Kyrie Irving, whether it be D'Angelo Russell, Kawhi Leonard, you name it. They're going after every single guy, and – I don't know if they know something and they have somebody already locked in, but that they're 100% going for a max raise. I take your point that even though it might not be the smartest route, they're going to go after a max free agent. And you said they're pretty much going after all the big ones, but who do you think is the most realistic target for them of those max guys? Well, clearly they have their wing in LeBron. They have their big guy, Anthony Davis, the holes on that guard. So they're going to be looking at D'Angelo Russell, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker. And it sounds like Kyrie's going to Brooklyn. It sounds like Kemba um, and Boston have a lot of mutual interests. But to me, the, the main guy they're going to be pursuing is D'Angelo Russell. Just a quick question about the Warriors. It might have been Woj and or other reporters who said today that it's looking like Clay Thompson is going to be offered the five-year max in Oakland, and he's gonna—I mean, San Francisco—and he's gonna stay there. Yeah, that was always the plan. We and we don't know about Durant. What's gonna happen? I, I know you're speculating that, that he'll be gone, but um, how do you expect the Warriors to react if, let's say, Durant leaves? Are they going to try to be somewhat competitive next season, but likely take a step back from contender status? And um, you think they might try to keep DeMarcus Cousins? I don't think they can afford him, but I, we don't know, no, I guess, what the offer... Okay. Um, what, what do you think the they're going to the, do? The, the, the max salary the Warriors can offer Cousins is like $7 million, even if they had him on the, the mid-level this year. Unless Cousins uh, wants to take less money to, to go back to Golden State and compete for a title. I don't, that's not really a, a plausible scenario. I, I guess I was uh, wondering um, if every other team would have been spooked out that Cousins hasn't seemingly recovered from his Achilles injury, but you'd have to think there'd be at least one or two teams yeah. that would give him way more given how good he's been in the past. And also he's starting to get better physically. He just hasn't had that much court time. He'll get offered. He's not going to be getting, you know, four year, hundred million dollar deal like Al Harper will be getting, but he'll be getting offers probably like, like fifteen or twenty years, million, right? thirty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He'll be he'll be getting something in there. With with the Warriors, though, I mean, their initiative for with the finals has been resign Clay and KD and Kevon Looney and figure the rest out after that. That's been their that's been their initiative, and it hasn't changed. I mean, Clay will as long as Clay gets. That full five-year max, there's, there's really no pause in Golden State. They held it back, and they'll forge forward with Draymond and Steph and Clay, And they have Looney. They've got a couple of young guys that they added to the wing rotation to this draft. Um, they're going to have to do some more work on the margins and for agency, but they're going to be going back to the title again with those three guys. If and maybe Kevin, Durant. 
Yeah, if Durant does stay, does that hurt their prospects next year? But that, but they're happy overall in the long term. Just because, wouldn't you think they wouldn't have very much flexibility to spend if if they give Clay Thompson and Durant two guys who are out for either the entire year or almost all of it, the max money? It won't hurt their chances necessarily, but it will definitely limit their flexibility financially for sure. Okay. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with more show. What's up, guys? This is Tom Westrom with MassLive.com, and you're listening to On the NBA Beat. Going over to the Boston Celtics, there's been a lot of disappointment. It seems like Kyrie Irving is all but gone from there. They weren't able to get Anthony Davis with the Lakers getting him in that blockbuster trade. Al Horford is expected to move on. You mentioned earlier that Kemba Walker seems to be really interested in the Celtics and that they're also interested in him. So that may be a face-saving thing for the organization. How do you think Boston, of course they'll say publicly that they're feeling good, they have a lot of young talent and they're ready to bounce back, but how does it seem like the franchise is feeling about all these changes after a disappointing year in Boston? I mean, it has been disappointing to come so what you felt like so close to a real true championship roster and have it all kind of fall apart within one season. But, I mean, they still have Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward, and they have Marcus Smart locked up long-term. Terry Rozier could be back. They just drafted, you know, four or five guys that they really, really like as, you know, high-character good contributing players so Boston's Boston they they always have contingency plans they're always prepared to make a swing I, I, they're obviously disappointed but so they, they know they'll be fine spend however much or little time on this as you want but I have to ask about the Philadelphia 76ers with all of those key free agent decisions chief among yeah. them Tobias Harris Jimmy Butler JJ Redick you talked about the 76ers the first time that we had you on. You're focusing on them. What do you think they're going to do this offseason? I expect them to offer Jimmy Butler the five-year max, and we'll see what happens with Tobias. They can't give him – I don't think they can give him the full max salary. But at the same time, they gave up a lot for him. They gave up Landry Shamit and multiple first-round picks. It'd be tough to mortgage all those assets – to see Tobias Harris leave a couple months later. So I think they'll make an effort in earth to keep both. It's just a matter of, just like with Kawhi, obviously a much different scale, but does Tobias Harris want to be the fourth option in Philadelphia where he does have a really good chance to compete for a title next season? Or would he rather join Kyrie in Brooklyn perhaps or become a second or third leading scoring option in another offense somewhere else? So... I definitely expect to wake up this time next week with Jimmy Butler fully slated to go to Philadelphia, but I, I don't know where Tobias Harris winds up. Are you buying the possibility of a sign-in trade of Jimmy Butler? No, especially a lot of the word that come out has been about Houston's interest and Houston's efforts. We haven't heard that Jimmy Butler is reciprocated on his end, and while well, he is friends with James Harden, Harden has made a lot of recruiting efforts on the Rockets' behalf. Jimmy Butler was an alpha dog in Philadelphia during the playoffs. In the fourth quarter, 
when the game and the season on the line, the ball was in his hands. That's not going to be the case in Houston. Jimmy Butler wants to be that guy, and I just don't see him wanting to sacrifice that role for Houston and a team where I don't even know if the Rockets as comprised following that trigger without Clint Capella, without Eric Gordon, without uh, P.J. Tucker. I don't know if they are the favorite in the Western Conference as they currently stand, if, if they swap those you know, integral tripping pieces out for Jimmy Butler. It's fascinating this time of year with all these moving pieces or potential moving pieces and given just how talented this particular free agent crop is. Just the last question for you, and I really appreciate your time, is after Kawhi Leonard and Kevin Durant, which situation, whether it's player or team, are you most fascinated in following July 1st and and on? I think it's Kemba Walker because... The Supermax contract was created to keep players like him in small markets like Charlotte. And if that extra money in that extra year isn't enough, which by all means, we don't know if the Hornets are even going to offer that. I mean, we're going to league is that their first offer was significantly lower than the max salary and the max years that they could have offered them. So it'll be another interesting case study in terms of the value of the Supermax, because at this point, you know, Anthony Davis turned it down. Paul George turned it down. DeMarcus Cousins didn't get an opportunity to do it in Sacramento. The only cases we've seen it work out with Russell Westbrook in Oklahoma City, John Wall in Washington, James Harden got it uh, in Houston, and, and I believe Steph Curry got it in Golden State. But half those options, Russell Westbrook and John Wall, those Supermax deals have become two of the worst contracts in the NBA. So I think this is going to be a real requiem for that Supermax deal if Kemba Walker ultimately decides to leave Charlotte. And I mentioned July 1st, but this year it's moved up to Sunday, June 30th at 6 p.m. Eastern. So we got a little bit of an early start on moves. You think, just to clarify though, yeah, just to clarify though, before I let you go, you think Kyle Leonard is going to make us sweat it out a little bit and then that'll have a ripple effect around the league? I would bet that we don't hear Kawhi Leonard's decision until July 4th at the earliest. Thanks so much. Really insightful as always. Yep. Thanks for having me.